Matthew Thomas with Super Cool Radio here in South Bend, Indiana. My guest this time in person with me right now. They're a really awesome band, also from right here in South Bend, Indiana. Please welcome Magic Hat. Woo! Yeah. Making up Magic Hat, we have Keith on vocals and keyboard, Dave on bass, Jim on guitar, and Tom on drums. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me here in Thank person. You. Thank you for having us. So I, I'm going to start this interview off. I think it's a fun question. I'll put you guys on the spot here. If you had to pick one album everyone should listen to in their lifetime, what would it be? Oh, jeez. I come out swinging. Yeah, that's... And then I'll talk about you guys. <laughs> Rock album or just any, any album? Any album you're feeling. Well, other than the... Star Wars, yeah, soundtrack. <laughs> just this day. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's probably, probably Dark Side of the Moon. That's a good one. That is a good one. Machine Head, Deeper Bowl. That was yes. the class. Uh, yes. That was the quintessential kick my butt. Learn how to jam that one right there. It was Machine Head. That's a good one. Amongst many others, but that was one. Which Kansas album? I'm gonna go out on a limb. Carry on my wayward son. There you go. I would say Ted Nugent, Toothpaste Claw. Yeah, that's good. Oh yes. Keep us me on the spot. There's so many cool albums, but one uh, cassette that never left my truck for a a long time was Heaven and Hell, Black Sabbath. That's a good one. Johnny James Dio, man. Put a new energy in that band. That was, uh, I played that for a couple of years before I took that out of my heart. Yeah. And the only big song was just a yeah. <laughs> stop. Like people were going, what in the world is going on with that? Is that all song cassette for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A track. A track. had one of those until somebody decided to steal it at a party. Oh, wow. I lost it out of my car. Man, so that's that only CD, too. We <laughs> picked up the CDs at that time. <laughs> we all picked albums from the 70s and early 80s. Right, yes. right. We were slightly older than your usual. Right. Just, yeah, just, just a little. <laughs> just a little. You guys were even thought of. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Not like we were talking about Medicare before this interview. <laughs> <laughs> you got a long time before you got to worry about that. Uh, yeah, not worry about that. Dave, we're close. Yeah. Highlights arthritis. A <laughs> 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 little, little Geritol, a little Sunshine Sower, we'll be all set. Uh, all, right. all right, let's transition to a time job before Magic Hat. Tell me, you guys, how did you guys get started as musicians before Magic Hat? Uh, well, let's go first on that. Well, I, I started playing drums when I was four. Uh, my dad was a saxophone. He is a saxophone player, trumpet. He's not playing too much now. But I was his, uh, you know, his, uh, uh, I would be his backup when he would practice. And my older brother, five years older, he's a bass player. And uh, he, when I got into my early teens, he encouraged me to pick up the guitar. I played the guitar for years. Uh, he picked up keyboards here a few years back, and I just tried to get my hands on any instru- instrument I could get my hands on just to, just to play it. He does well with it, too. 
Well, you probably have seen them. Oh, yeah, I, I have seen them. Twice, too. You guys live twice. So, uh, uh, Lee, like, we're doing the bowls and stuff. Did that just come, like, when did you start doing that? Uh, when I was a little kid, man, rocking out on the, the 40, my parents' 45, you know, just, you know, as little kids do. You know what I mean? Right? Well, but it was more Elvis and Elvis that kind of stuff. You know, oh, oh, the love there, Keith. But, uh, yeah, music's always been in my blood, and I just, you know, something that's always going to be there. Okay, for sure. Well, we talked a little bit earlier before this started about the church. My parents had a church where ministers. It's like, so you got the Whitney Houston gospel side of thing. Yeah, Whitney Houston wasn't even no, anything about that, about that time. But I took an interest in guitar. And the Beatles were real big at the time. We uh, did a tour of some missionaries in England. And uh, so I uh, really got an interest in the Beatles and met a gentleman over there named Fred Ball from Wales that uh, had a little touring group. And uh, he said, I could have you playing a guitar. And, three chords in ten minutes, you know, so he set me down and taught me the three chords and it was, you are my sunshine. And it just took off from that, you know, and uh, once I had those three chords, I could play about any blues rock, you know, that there was, you know. Some of the first uh, rock I remember was, um, what do they call them, uh, Devil with the Blue Dress, you know, the California Mix Riders. You know, and uh, yeah. Funk 49, yeah. Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh, you know, and then uh, just like Jay James Kane, James Kane, so, yeah. you know, just went on All there. The writers. And uh, now here we're writing our own music, you know, trying to follow up with those tunes. Same eight notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you, uh, so, when you make the transition to, to bass and playing the guitar, is it just kind of long playing guitar? Well, you know, I never laid my hands on a bass guitar before until I was 14 years old. Again, I was at a wedding at a church. After the wedding, it's at, uh, down here at the Christian Center. Uh, one of the guys that played bass in the church left his bass guitar and his amplifier there. So I walked up on the pulpit and turned the switch on and grabbed that bass. And, and it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I got four strings on it, you know, they were fat. You know, like kind of beefy, you know, and I turned that thing on and I started playing. I was hooked from then on out. It was my instrument, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> so did, did you take his blue or just left? No, I, I didn't do that. I left it. Yeah, it's not a thief. Thank you. <laughs> Jim, what about you? Man? For me, it was my grandfather. He played big band. He was a session guitarist in Detroit. And he, he was a fill-in guitar player for, like, Tommy Dorsey, Glenn Miller, all those kind of uh, bands of that era that would come through. And when I was a little kid, I used to watch him play, and I was just mesmerized by the sound of the guitar. And I just kept bugging him and bugging him until I got to be about 10 years old, hands big enough. He bought me a three-quarter harmony student guitar, and he said, okay, we're going to teach how to play. So by the time... I used to spend every summer with my grandparents. This is up in the Upper Peninsula. By the time I got done with that, about three months of summer, and headed back to Pontiac, where I lived at the time, I was able to play some songs. Like Dave said, the three-chord thing. I could, then my folks were like, is that you making that noise? <laughs> You're natural. It just, it just bit me from there, and I've been playing ever since. 
but my grandfather was my uh, inspiration and influence by far. That's really awesome to show the fam the family connection to it. This is my dad. He skipped him all together. You know how I say it. They say it's good to yeah. do. Now he can play a mean tune on Harley, but not so much on an instrument. Right on. Tom? Me? Well, I'm like, well, my father loved music. There was always music in my house. Um, I was kind of a afterthought in my family. <clears throat> I had a 14-year-old sister when I was born, so uh, by the time I was three or four, I was wanting to play all her albums. Yeah. Loved music, had to have music. But the family did, too. My father um, played clarinet in high school uh, and played the mandolin. He was self-taught. But one thing I always noticed about my father is he could pick up the mandolin, hear a song on the radio, pick it right out. So he had an ear for music, obviously. Um, but then he always played it, and he had, I had a little musical beat-up mandolin that I would learn to play, you know, with him. I wasn't very good at it. One thing I had to realize is that I don't have the dexterity in my fingers to play. But uh, I wanted to play the drums. I used to take the pans out and do the drum thing when I was four or five years old. I loved to play. I loved to hear drums. And I think that's what drove me up with music. But when it was time for me to play music at school, drums was the, no, can't do that. So I, they got me a combo. <laughs> but I'm glad they did because it, it, it helped me teach music. And yeah, and then I learned music. Gives you an ear for the notes. Exactly. I learned another you know, an instrument. So by the time I graduated high school, I didn't play in high school, but I played all the way through grade. But by the time I graduated high school and had graduation money, I saw a drum set and never looked back. <laughs> as soon as I was out of the house and I had my own drum set. And luckily, where I lived, uh, two blocks down was uh, Eddie Knight Studio. I was pretty prominent teacher in this area. Still is, I think. It's, it's kind of the end of the 80s now, but very still around. So, <laughs> um, but he's a he's a great drummer. I mean, Billy six minutes. Yeah, I mean, he was. It, we had some great drummers in this area. So I took lessons from him for about four years. Just kept playing and playing and playing. That's just what I do now. I used to play cover bands a lot, but now I do original stuff. So we all want to see what we can make on our own. Take our influences, and them together, and see what kind of music we can make. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know, uh, you know, you guys got some very unique stories about how you guys started. Everyone very different, but uh, so Magic Hat. So obviously, original rock music, as you said. Uh, I, I, someone uh, told me you guys are a cross between Deep Purple and Sticks. What do you guys I've heard that Kansas? So I've heard a lot of Deep Purple. I've heard Deep Purple, maybe. That too, more, more private. But I think the reason of that is you hear a little bit of that in our songs, a little bit of everything that we love to listen to. The ACDC, Led Zeppelin, um, all the brothers. I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of everything in there if you listen for it. A little Nugent in there. One of the, one of our songs. Uh, guys, we're in the studio and we're, that sounds like Nugent. <laughs> our Skinner, we got another one that's those kind of Skinner feel to it. Well, it wasn't intention. You know what I mean? That's what it's come out. What it just kind of come out. Just the way the songs evolved. And, um, but yeah, I would say, yeah, cross between Deep Purple and maybe Dio. I've heard that one before too, right? Because he's got the, the pipes to sing that. Oh, yeah. 
So I got a chance to meet a lot of these touring musicians, Tommy Shaw, Ted Nugent, uh, Michael Bloomfield, uh, because I was working on their instruments. And it was really cool to get to sit down once in a while and jam with these guys. And I got to do that. Not people, many people could say that. No, I mean, I think some people are just happy to meet these musicians. You got to jam and play with them. And play on their instruments, too. Ricky Mellock from, uh, he's with the uh, Letters Here now, he was black, but at the time, we did a number of guitars for him. Uh, Albert King, the famous flying V with his name in it, that was built in our shop. I wired that guitar. That's a, that's custom made in our shop in Big Rapids, Michigan. That guitar was made there. Lucy. That is cool. That is really cool. It is, it is honest to God, truth, too. I didn't build the guitar, but I actually did work on it. And Dan built guitars for everybody who was anybody. So we had stuff come through there. Uh, Jerry Garcia, he built him a custom, called it a, a almost a Stratocaster. <laughs> and it, 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 it was a Strat style design that was it, it his thing. And uh, oh, many others, I wish I could remember them all. It's, that, that was such a great time. That was in the. Mid 80s, just before my daughter was born, 84, 85. I was just getting home from service and I hooked up with the guitar hospital. And, you know, I loved guitars since I was 10 years old, so I mean, that was a natural thing for me. So, yeah, that's not a soft gig, very fun gig. <laughs> Tommy Shaw, that's a, he, uh, he was endorsing Silver Street Guitars at that time, which was out of the skiing area. And, um, so I, I got to meet him through all that. Really nice guy. Really Craig Chiquicho from the Starship is another one. Really cool dude. Really down to earth. Nice to people. Not a jerk like Nugent. <laughs> and he is a jerk. Can be. But that he can be nice, but he can be a real not nice. I'm going after you, man. He's he's up in bed. He's not even stayed away. He's right 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 there. That's that's where I'm from up in that area. So, yeah, bring it on, over. Bring it on. Well, if you if you if you you did watch this, I'd be really happy. I don't care if you didn't like us. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Magic Cat, you guys. um, So, how did you guys get hooked up as a band? Oh, well, there's another long story. Well, we got time. <laughs> we got extra batteries. Keith and Dave had a band before Magic Cat. When I, I actually met them in a band, uh, well, I don't know if you were in the band, but I met Keith's first time when he was playing for Element, which was probably about 15 was plus years ago. My brother and I were in the band. Yeah, three, yes. But I, cover two. I really met uh, Keith and Dave uh, when they had a band called Blastermind. And... Uh, had met them through Jim had met them too, but um, they needed they wanted a Jim and I were doing a cover thing. We were doing the Southside Jim cover show. Yeah, and uh, Blastermind had a show actually right by my house at the Corey Fairgrounds, and they needed an opening band, so we were going to go ahead and open up for them. Well, then it turns out they needed a drummer too, so I ended up sitting in for their drummer. I had to learn a few of their songs. And, 
play the show. But we got, you know, we kind of had a connection, felt good, had a vibe. And they said, hey, we're, we're looking at, you know, forward to another project. And and we might be interested in having you play. And I said, okay, sure. And uh, it was about a year later. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, we got a few songs we want to try it on you. And by then I'd already actually joined another, started another project. And decided, you know, I told them I was going to do it. I wanted to work with them because they had been very talented, very good guys. And I said, you know what? I'm going to add another project to my to my resume here. So take on to it one time. And we started, we played it a few months together. And then uh, we were looking for guitar players. We actually had a show <laughs> coming up. And uh, we needed a guitar player name. And I said, well, I can have Jim here. He had been be at Jim before. And Jim came down, took right to it. Like fish water, there's so those kind of fell together at that point. Yep. And uh, we had to come up with a name, and <clears throat> we couldn't figure out a name. I think it was David, so the, the magic words. I mean, you just pull out a name out of a magic word. Well, no, no, no. It wasn't that. His son was talking about, you know, that. It's actually Alex. Yeah. Well, what was Alex? What was it? Okay. I knew, I knew Alice, Alice, Alice in Wonderland type kind of thing. Yeah. And then he was saying the Mad Hatter, and then I said, well, what about Magic Hat? Yeah. Well, that's it. We needed a, you know, a flyer. We had to come up with a name, you know. And we were talking on the phone, you know, and we went over this whole thing. I said, what about Alex in Wonderland? Alex is telling me it's a very, very popular movie out right now. You know, the, the, the guy with the hat. The guy with the hat. Yeah, yeah, he says it. magic hat, and that was it. No, that's so right. It just well, had this kind of whole cool. blaster mind came, came to me. <laughs> because actually, I'm the one that kind of put that together. It's because I got Dave and Keith together with Jerry and and John Lasowski, for those guys to do the blaster line thing, they were kind of introduced through me. And I am yeah, not you, you Right, you said you had a, a guitar player and a keyboard player. Right. Uh, Keith hadn't come through yet, but we were just jamming together. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, had these people come through. So, so well, by the blue, you know, you got like John Ward, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. You know, like keyboards and this virtuoso guitar player, you know, nobody could sing. You know, well, he could, you know what I mean? But um, we were without a singer. And, and Jerry knew Keith and said so. And they had Keith. They jammed together in a vision span years and years before the high school days. They knew each other. So it's just funny how everything circles back. It's just. <laughs> you know, it's funny, it's like all the connections you get out, right? Like, oh, this person, this band, and everything. You guys, you guys solid chemistry on stage. You guys really rock on right. stage. And it's always cool to see you guys jam. It's great to be at this point in our lives and people like yourself, you know, the younger generation can still appreciate what we do as a bunch of old guys. You know what I mean? And have a lot of experience. But, yeah, like I was saying, if it's not fun, uh, I don't want to do it. And we, we, all, we all have fun on stage. We have fun with the other bands and interacting with the crowd. You know, it's kind of cool if they've never seen us before. They see us get up on stage and see the gray hairs, and then once we start playing, they start coming closer to the stage and, and, and really getting into the music. That that makes you play even harder. You know what I mean? It's, just it's, good, that it's, a, good, it's a good feel. I tell you what, we feed off each other's energy. Right. Yeah, well, we have fun. Right. Even in practice, and that's, that's, that's dancing shoes over there. Right. Yeah. And there'd be days that we come down there, we get we get together for practice, and we're like, oh, uh, and we'll walk out like, yeah, you know, right. feeling good. Yeah. And and those are, those are the great things. I mean, for for me, it's I call it music. It's, it's, it's you know, it's a brotherhood. They're most certainly brotherhood. Yep. And to see the the the, the 
foot tapping going on out there, and everybody just, like I said, coming to the stage. It's, it's really enjoying themselves and really feeling the vibe. He reports on Facebook, you guys rock. You know what I mean? That's great from younger generation. When they were not going to be able to do that. So that's going to be a sell to you guys. Well, we can, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so you guys really rock. I, remember, I had a great time with the Smith show. You, you guys played the following seven reasons. Yeah. yeah. And uh, was there one more? I think it was Saints and Sounds. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and that was a really great show. You guys, I think, sound like when I since I've been uh, listening to you guys, I think you guys sound really good at that show. Cool, thank you, thank you. So, yeah, go thank Polly for that. I was oh, just yeah. gonna oh, say, yeah. Polly, the yeah, sound guy, yeah, lay it down for us. Yeah, I said it's just no more, but uh, yeah, that sucks. That's yeah. Well, yeah. I, I can't blame Ryan for for all the crap they did to him. I don't blame him, right. but uh, just uh, just. You know, there's fewer and fewer venues for us to do. The local music yeah. scene is getting, uh, yeah, it's getting sad. Even really, cover really. music, I mean, you know, with the COVID and the virus, you know, they can't, you know, I get people in, so they can't afford to hire fans and stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, yes, support local music. You like to right. in, 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 um, the, in your area. That's right. I want to see live music. I don't care what kind it is, if it's country yeah. or bluegrass or whatever. Go see what you like. If you yeah. enjoy it, go, go support it. Plenty of talent in this area, that's yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. A lot and of great musicians. Even if you're not in this area, go, go support your local music. Yeah. It, for sure. If there's a show in your area you want to go see, go see it. Definitely yeah. support great music. Every national band should argue that one. Yeah, for sure, Magic Cat. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm talking to them right there. <laughs> All right, so but a really cool show uh, you guys have coming up in August. August 22nd, Smokestead Brew, Mishawaka, Indiana. You guys, along with Praise the Fallen, are opening for the Lonely Ones. Right. Yeah, <laughs> this show, I know, has been pushed out a few times, but it's a solid day now, and it's August 22nd. What can people expect from a Magic Cat show? Magic Cat's going to come out kicking ass and taking names. That's what's going <laughs> I like that. We're going to come out with our best foot forward and do what we do best and set the tone. Yep. We'll probably, you know, just plan on rock. Do what we, we do. do. Yeah, have a lot of fun. Do what we do. Have fun and... Out there and blaze them. How's it feel open for the lonely ones? Great. Good. Cool. Uh, yeah. Years ago, I, I, I played in a band that opened up for them up in Battle uh, Creek and when they were called Boba Clubs. Boba Clubs. But so, yeah, those are, those are great guys. They're, they're immensely talented. Great guys to hang around with. Definitely. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. Yeah, it's been a long time. Years. For Janet Gardner, uh, Nixon, and, and Sturgis, that was a fun show, too. It was a couple years back. A few years back. Yeah, that's a really good show. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fun. And she's our age. She's still pretty damn good looking. <laughs> <laughs> they just did a tour in Australia. They've been all over the world. Yeah, oh, really? Still they even have a Magic Cat CD because we made sure they got one. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they thanked us for it. That's awesome. That was a fun show to open. Yeah. Now you try to get some of these CD and they're like, how am I going to play this? <laughs> yeah, what is this? Yeah, I don't have a CD. It's like, it's it's kind of, it's kind of like I I love CDs like that's like the one most of the time it's the media I listen to like because all my car has a CD but that's it I like anything else right. so like when people are like okay so if we send this digitally I'm like do you have a CD <laughs> right right I think regardless to the still put it out on CD you can you know get digital downloads and stuff too but man I got one hell of an album collection 
got some stuff and you can't find. Like all three original Pam albums were just running on girls. We love my girls. You can't even find them online. Nice. Oh, wow, that's not Triumph, Early Six, Saga, bands like that that you don't hear of anymore. Yeah, for sure. Really good music back in those days, probably mid 80s and stuff, early 90s. Yeah, 
full. Oh, you want to get have his hands full with these new tunes. Right. Uh, <laughs> how many tracks have you got on a pre-recording? Yeah, we did a kind of a pre-recording setup and at the house and did all the tracks that were in there. It's like twenty some just background tracks. So we're gonna have to hire twenty people to play these things. There's one part of the main of one of the main songs where I layered all these different. Well, Percussion instruments because I have a collection of all the different percussion instruments and things. He puts it all on it. From a triangle down to bongos. I met a guy that could play everything. You know, it's every instrument. Wow. It's a lot. You don't have to have a full orchestra this time. Or just play along with the backtrack like everybody else does nowadays. We don't do that often, but. Uh, some of these tunes we, we you know, will put in the, like our opening tune we play where it's got the, the deep voice and yeah. the Which, who did that, by the way? So I, that was all you know, okay. That's all him. Me. That's all him. I take the credit. You <laughs> <laughs> deep throat. I mean... <laughs> no, we just had it... Uh, it was my idea, though. I just had him, uh, you know, just keep taking it down and, until we got to the right. I didn't want it too long. You know, I want, I want it to sound somewhat... Humanly natural, and I don't know what how that came to be. You know, I'm just in the garage monkeying around like I always am with these words. I can't explain this because we were a songwriter that before, way before, before he had any words. In fact, we took it all the way into the studio before he came up. But he's like one day he said, "I got some words I want to try." Yeah, and basically we recorded just to have it on the album. This is an intro. Yeah, there's some words. Yeah, just a musical intro, basically. Right, a little. But I want to be like a gentleman kind of thing. Well, that's our our version of that. That's what makes this band so unique between ourselves because. If we get an idea, don't be afraid to say it. Yeah. Because somebody else picks it up and makes it real. Oh, yeah. We're, we're always yeah. throwing ideas off yeah. each other. That's the, that's the bonus part. People tell me, well, Jim, I'm, I'm hearing this. I need to hear this. Or you need to take that off. That doesn't fit. Or, and that's fine. I mean, that's what makes it. I'm about the song. It all works together. Dave will say, how about stopping people singing it right here and coming back in? And, Give me a flam, yeah. Tom. Yeah. Give me a flam. <laughs> So it didn't make the cut. But 
we were planning right before the pandemic to go into the studio, and then that kind of fell apart. Well, a lot of time at home, I end up just recording stuff, and I had the drums for it, and we were messing around with it, and just kept developing it, and we're like, well, hey, you know, guys, this is, you know, we could put this, put this together, go on, you know, over Christmas, finish it up, and get it done, and at least put something out. We wanted to at least get something out. Yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah. that Tom does the majority of the booking, and he also does the recording in, uh, at home. In, in, the, the home part. The home part of it, in the the practice area is at Tom's house as well, so he contributes an awful lot to this. Oh, okay. And he gets his like shit to the studio so we can lay the tracks down more pain. Oh, yeah, don't be going there fully prepared. A lot yeah, of times, totally. that's the way Chris likes it, because we don't waste his time and we don't waste our time. We go in there thinking, being knocked out. I'm, I'm the one-take wonder right here, mister. <laughs> you are. <laughs> Very rarely do I have to go back and fix it. Right? Yep. Yep. Uh, well, Chris is a pretty good, he's really good at, at what he does too. You know, mixing and you know moving stuff around and making stuff fit. Oh, he's definitely good. Does that sound right? No. Oh, now it does. No, it's going to be a little There it is. Sounds great. I know where I look at. Digital world is fantastic. I the old days where you had to take tape, slice it, or <laughs> 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 redo the track 20 times. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I need your exhaust. I did this whole Kodak thing. You got to cut the tape and glue it together and all that goes. Oh, no, we weren't recording. What happened to the middle section? I find a spot on the tape. I pour the first of your ear that's where I want it. You know, I'm like, how do you know that? You know? This <laughs> yeah. was like, um, the lead for not giving up. I wanted that song to have its own original sound. And I just got uh, a Digitech whammy pedal. I never even used it before I went to the studio. I said, I'm going to do something with this pedal to make that lead in that song sound different. And, and Chris does one of those double takes. Man, that sounds like Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> that never really fits that song. I said, okay, we're good. Yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoy the single. That's why like, when, when Tom's like, hey, we had a single from last year. I'll send it over. I was like, man, that's, it's, it's like, you know, still in the magic element that it had a realm, but like, it's just like a different uh, side of you guys, I think. Right. Right. We've got a lot of stuff. Many layers. There, there, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, we've got many layers. Absolutely. And you can't have a twist. Oh, for sure. That is a very big twist. Was not good enough. So, um, so what is like you guys' like writing process in that? I think right he's, he's our core. He's definitely our core. He brings the he brings the ideas and shares them with us, and then yeah. we all just kind of collaborate. Yeah, he's got kind of the thought in his head. What he you know what he might like because he plays guitar. What he you know what's the kind of style he's kind of gives me direction. What he's what he's hearing. And then we just kind of play and try to get a groove with the song, and, and then Dave will figure out his bass parts, and sometimes we'll sync bass and guitar, and sometimes we'll try to not sync it depending upon the song. And of course, um, you know, on the beat as well, and uh, yeah, finish, uh, yeah, the finished product is collaboration of all four of us. I mean, keep keeping the main center of that, but. Um, sometimes we'll have songs and we'll have them together in a matter of a couple months 
and then there's other songs we've been carrying well, on. We're still still working on those developers. Yeah, we're still tinkering with. Still, so no, not quite right, but almost there. Yeah. Thank almost goodness there. I, I got a little recorder on my phone, and you know, an old recorder that was uh, days. But I get an idea, and I'll, I'll hit the record, you know, to, even if it's just a few riffs, to be able to come back and revisit it, and then, you know, build on that. I've never been, I've never written lyrics before the song stuff. Most people, I, I, I you know, I, I shouldn't be saying that, but I always say, I, I, I come up with a melody first. And I write the lyrics pretty much after the songs. You're not alone in that game. I personally think that's better because we make the lyrics with the song. You get the the feel of it. You get the, you know, I I may have the chorus or something, the hook. I may have the hook, and then you build on the hook after that. Hell's a gibberish. It's always, yeah, yeah. I'll just be be putting gibberish. I'll be blurting a bunch of gibberish. When we get in the studio, I'll have the lyrics, I'll have the words, and then be cool. Usually what happens is he'll get an idea. He'll call me up and say, hey, look, why don't you come over and have a beer? Bring your bass. (laughs) I'll go in there, you know, and he'll start playing something on the keyboards and say, here, put a rip to this. You know, this is what I'm thinking. But tell me, you know, kind of the melody or whatever. So I'll try to put a bass line to it. And there's been times like, oh, you can't do that. It's not going to work. Yeah. You know, but we try anyway. Yeah. I learn the note changes. A lot of times we take it down and give it to Tom. And Tom will lay down a what? backbone beat on the thing and then we make it happen. When he first hears the beat, he's like, that, that's not going to work. I'm like, it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. Yeah, you guys call some, a lot of sick uh, just, um, sounds and just everything, just everything, honestly. And uh, no, it's just really awesome, especially uh, for people who haven't listened to you guys. It's just it's it's really cool. Like just all your styles and influences just kind of come together and mesh and work very well. Well, that links at the bottom of the video, right? <laughs> Watching this, uh, or anyone who might be interested in playing an instrument, it is a good thing to do. It, it's it's calming for your nerves. It'll keep you out of trouble, there. and it'll keep you broke. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. So, so you won't have money to do drugs. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But you'll have something. No, I, uh, I would love, you know, uh, my daughter, she's 35 this year. She sings and plays. My son sings and plays. And, um, you know, they're the next generation carrying on. But they still catch us. <laughs> You're still rocking right now. <laughs> That's right. Well, you, kind of, you kind of touched on that. So, um, what is some advice to people looking to start a band or become a musician or start an instrument? Like, don't don't give up. I mean, like, don't give up. Put yeah. your ego aside. Right, right. Take a little constructive criticism. Be nice until it's time to not be nice. But be nice to take all this collective energy and make it. And if you really believe in a sound that you got or something that you're doing, don't let somebody try to bend you away from that. Stick to your guns. Uh, somebody tells you that beat's not going to work. It's going to work. So if you hear something in your head and, and you feel it, and you feel it in your chest, stick <coughs> to it. Don't, don't let anybody pull you aside from what you believe in. And just and, and rock. Give it your best effort, you know, to something you love to do, and, and you have the feel for it. I will say there are some people that just do not have music. You know, they can't hear pitch and, 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 and don't have timing. Timing, to me, is more even than pitch. 
if you were out of time, music sounds like crap. But it just just it just doesn't work. Just like you say, though, work work with people, man. You know, be humble, yeah. be be happy that you have the gift to play music and go go beyond that. It's a gift. You, I find it offensive for for a lot of these fans to think that I never thought I'm better or um, special, more special than anyone else. I play guitar. I do what I do. I don't try to be nobody else. I don't want anybody else to try to be me. Um, and I always try to be cordial and fair with people and respectful because they are the reason. You can be the best, best musician in the world, but if you're sitting in your house or your basement, nobody hears you. What's the point? Yes. Other than for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Music. Even back in the biblical times, and I mean, David can, can attest to this through <laughs> his background in, in the church and stuff. Music has always been a soothing thing, a getaway, uh, a release. Am I correct? Oh, yeah, it is for me. It <laughs> fills the soul. Yeah. 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 Kept me out of prison. That's <laughs> just it. When, when you play from the heart, then you've got something. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. one thing I wanted to say, too, is. You know, we talked earlier, how did you get started, and, you know, why did you do the original music? I mean, what my story was, is we weren't that great musicians, you know, I mean, back in the days. But you have that hunger to play, and you find a couple other people that have that same hunger that you do. It doesn't matter if you play an E note all night long. If you can get a drummer to lay down a 4-4 time and play that E note, hang on to it for all your work, the next thing you know, when you're going to be calling up that same E note and that drummer as an original song when you're only 16, 17 years old, use the tools of choice like click tracks. Get a tuner, make sure your guitars and basses are in tune. And then ride that E note to the end of the world. Well, like you well, said, you guys start out playing three chords. I think I'll take you to get started. That's a big part of that, too, is developing your ear to hear the colors of the notes. Right. Whether you're a little sharp or a little flat, you're, if you can't hear that in your ear, music's probably not for you. Right. If you can hear it, then... And then take some lessons, you know, learn a major and minor scales, you know, it, it'll all come. But um, you have to start somewhere. And the, the thing with this is we wanted to be a cover band. We weren't good enough to be a cover band back in the early days. We were good enough to make our own music, right? Cover tunes and try to be a band that goes out there and makes a bunch of money, you know, at the bars or nightclubs or whatever. Well, you have old tribute bands. Well, you you really have to be a good band to do that. You know, I mean, original music you can play what you want, you can sing what you want, you can put it out there. You know what I mean? And and actually go get shows. And there's younger generation out there that love to see. And the rest of it through the experience will build in time, and that's when you become Magic Hat. And that, I really, I really like what you just said. Just like um, you know, the original stuff that you, it's your own style. Like with the tribute bands, they have to play exactly like the studio because that's what people expect. I tried to sing as a tribute band one time, and that is too much of the same for me. I couldn't deal with it. I just, uh, yeah, I mean, they get the whole thing down the low. I can only play one, one thing that I, I, I find that's really flattering. I've had several people like when we played in uh, Sturgis at that one show came up and said, you know, you guys really sound just like your CD. 
try to do this one. Talk radio is still radio. Actually, most of the time at work, I listen to sports radio. And the reason for that, <laughs> I'm heard not that. crazy about the politics that's going on in this country right now. I don't want to hear it. So I, I, the you don't get any, much of any of that in the sports radio. Right, that's the best thing that anybody can do is turn that. Yeah, exactly. right. Or listen to Super Bowl radio. I know that's right. That's right. Yeah, turn that's Super Bowl and listen to that. <laughs> Super Bowl that's radio. Right. And support Super Bowl radio and all the musicians and stuff that come on. Absolutely. Hey, thank you. I, I appreciate all the free one. You get a freebie there. Hey, right? I appreciate it. <laughs> and I honestly appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. I know me and Tom were talking about this for a few months. Finally, been able to do this. A lot of fun chatting with you guys. Really appreciate time. it. Thanks uh, for having us. But I do got one more thing before I let you guys go. Uh-huh. So, what, you know, we're already halfway through this year of 2021. So, any, what are your future plans for the rest of this year for Magic Hat? Get that one done. Studio, yeah, definitely yeah, studio. Get, get yeah. in the studio and get another at least five, six song EP done. Yeah. Um, show us when they when they come available. Work on new material. Working on, work on more songs and uh, we're writing a new one. Just continue the brotherhood, man. Definitely, that's really awesome. Please check out Stream Support Magic Hat. All links will be in the description. You can check it's them super out. Super cool radio. That's right. And if you're at a show. And they're on a show. Definitely pick up a CD. It's going to be really worth it. Look it up. Yeah, we got a few left. A few. See them August 22nd with Praise of Paul and the Lonely One, Smokestead Brew, Mishawaka, Indiana. It's going to be a rock on time. Thank you so much for watching Super Cool Radio. I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas.